1: Good morning. It is Monday, November 28th. It is six minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're so glad you're back today. He doesn't care at
2: all.
3: Who? He doesn't care at all. Every time I think this guy, it's like Dumb and Dumber. Our governor is like that scene out of Dumb and Dumber. Just, Just when I think... He can't care any less about the people of this state. Mm-hmm. He just totally surprises me and says, hold my beer. I'm going to show you how I can actually care less about the seven million people I'm supposed to represent in this state.
1: OK, so he was commenting on decriminalization of marijuana in the state of Indiana. He said, I won't pick and choose whether I agree with it or not. And of course, the House Speaker left things very vague on the subject, uh, saying that uh One assured, rest assured, one person whose position has not changed is the governor.
3: Yeah. So so WIBC has this article, and I just, I woke up to this, mm-hmm. and and it just just, just, just So did I. <laughs> seeing that guy's name in my feed mm-hmm. at about six thirty in the morning is about ah. the worst. Just seeing his name. Yeah. I'm at the point now where this guy has been so egregious, the mm-hmm. governor of the state, mm-hmm. that just the mere sight of his name, I don't even need to see his face anymore. It's just his name because every time I see his name, mm-hmm. it's never. Something good after mm-hmm. it's his name and something that I know is just going to enrage me beyond belief. So WIBC has this article, and the, the 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 top part of the article is about how Holcomb has said, "Screw you if you're a cancer patient. Screw you if you're someone with PTSD. Screw you if you're some someone with a, a life debilitating illness." Because my big pharma buddies Mm -hmm. are going to make sure that I do everything in my power to ensure that your loved one suffers and the best chance they've got is to get hooked on a dangerous opioid.
1: Yeah, he said, I haven't changed my position. I'm very supportive of more research, medical research in terms of the advantage of medicinal marijuana, but it's still illegal on the federal level.
3: Yeah, so... That's the first part of the article, mm-hmm. and I thought that that's bad enough. And look, we all know that this guy is totally beholden to whoever just wrote the most recent biggest check, and in this case, Big Pharma, absolutely does not want it. Because this came out of the idea at, at Org Day, the Indiana General Assembly, finally, Todd Bray, Rod Houston... Todd Houston, Rod Bray. I'm sorry, I always get the Flanders boys mixed up. Uh, Todd Houston and Rod Bray, at least there was some semblance for the first time of saying medical marijuana under a doctor's supervision will at least be on the table for discussion. That's the first time we have ever heard publicly from the leadership of the Indiana General Assembly that we are going to hear this out this year. It doesn't mean we're going to actually do something, but it means we will at least have a conversation about this, which at this point in our society is, it is beyond ridiculous that we have not done this yet. Yeah. The case is there's, and you know this better than anyone because you had a loved one who suffered a very terrible illness towards the end of their life. There is zero reason under a doctor's supervision that medical marijuana should not be allowed. There's none. There's no reason you can offer to me that under a licensed medical provider that that should not be at the disposal uh, between a doctor and a patient.
1: Yeah, I've actually, uh, an oncologist looked me right in the eye and said, I can't prescribe it because it's not legal here. But if you know someone, wink, wink, they could really benefit from medicinal marijuana.
3: Okay, so that's the first part of this article, and that is bad enough, because you have the General Assembly for the first time ever saying, look, we're willing to finally explore standing up for the citizens of this state, people who desperately need medical attention, and maybe we won't require them to get hooked on dangerous opioids. And this guy takes a giant crap all over that. Like, there's there's political will, there's momentum, you have people who have previously been hesitant, and unless you're just an ass, which this guy is an ass, why would would you crap all over people saying, for the first time, we're going to explore doing something that takes great political will? Even if you intend to veto it, even if that is your absolute intention, because you are so beholden to the big money that mm-hmm. comes from big pharma, mm-hmm. why would you just totally derail the momentum of something that has taken years and years and years to garner the political will? And just unless you're just a horrific person, okay?
1: Well, what he said it's
3: it's still illegal on the federal level. Joe, Joe Biden has come out and begged states, right? Mm-hmm. It's all like It's it's illegal. I guess technically illegal, but everybody is doing it, and there is no punishment for it. The federal government is going. You look the other way. It is exactly what we are seeing. When, you know, I watch the uh, On Patrol Live, mm-hmm. uh, which is the the show on uh, on reels where it's various police departments across the the country, and they have live. It's like a live version of Cops. Mm-hmm. And you see in almost all of these states now, even states where marijuana is still illegal, when they're pulling people over, as long as they are not dealing or having large quantities of the substance, they will just say, we must confiscate that, go on your way, right. have a nice day, including right here in central Indiana. Yeah. like that, Because everybody knows it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's a joke. And it's, we're not talking about recreational, we're talking about under a doctor's supervision. Okay, so let's take out the fact that you are Holcomb is a horrific, terrible, awful person because he wants people with chronic illnesses to suffer. Let's remove that. It's the second part of the article that... I thought was even more fascinating because, Casey, you've been here how long now?
1: Uh, well, since April, end so,
3: of March. So seven, almost eight months. Mm-hmm. And seven, eight months ago, when you first showed up, we were talking about the property tax right. assessment catastrophe that was happening mm-hmm. in which, because of the federal government working in cahoots with the federal reserve to cut interest rates to basically zero, home prices were artificially being inflated and of course these local agencies of government, these assessors were sprinting to the nearest home to assess as many as they possibly could to raise the uh to raise the value of the home because that means more property taxes and we're going to get into that later. So the point is, for seven or eight months now, we've been talking about this. We had a cavalcade of phone calls and emails. We did segments, plural, on Mm -hmm. it seven or eight months ago. People Mm -hmm. saying, my assessment went up $100,000, or my assessment went up $50,000. So it is not like it is some surprise to Holcomb or the Indiana General Assembly that assessments are completely out of control, the process is thoroughly flawed, and elderly and middle class and poor people are going to see skyrocketing, skyrocketing property tax assessments that they likely cannot pay. We were, were we not talking about this seven or eight months ago?
1: Absolutely, we got phone calls. People actually shared what their property tax is gonna be with us.
3: Okay, so the second part of this article, he gets asked, he being Holcomb, gets asked about this, and he basically, and I don't know the article, it's at wibc.com, I don't know if this was at the statehouse, it doesn't really really specify, but he basically says, yeah, that's too bad for you, mm-hmm. because doing something for you would mean I might have to cut a bloated government program that I support somewhere else, so kick rocks. Did I summarize that, his quote, correctly?
1: Yeah, he said, we're going into budget session where priorities will be determined. <laughs> And listen to
3: this. So This is the same state that confiscated $1,500 of your money that they had no use for, not even funding the current budget. Mm-hmm. They only gave you $200 back. Listen to this quote. We've recently eliminated some taxes, and we've been reducing taxes in terms of income, in terms of utility receipts tax. So When you reduce those taxes, it has an impact on your revenue. It has an impact on on your revenue, Casey. Mm -hmm. Right there, the supposed Republican governor of the state of Indiana, who has for at least eight months, probably longer, recognized there is a crisis in terms of property tax assessments and what that is going to do to property tax bills. He has not thought at all about it. He doesn't care at all about it. He doesn't care what that's going to do to your income. He doesn't care what that's going to do for the ability of you to pay your mortgage. He is focused on revenue to the government. Mm -hmm. This is when we talk about how you have to punish these Republicans in the elections because people, well, we can't have a Democrat in there. When you don't punish the Republicans, they don't fear you. And when they don't fear you, this is what they do. He is wholly focused on how much money is coming into the government. He, and I guarantee you, not a single Republican, super majorities in the House and Senate will say a damn word about this because they are petrified to take on this guy. They don't fear you at all. And when they don't fear you, they focus on feeding the government.
1: Okay, so he said that he would give law a better idea of what to push for without going overboard. He's not going to go overboard. He no. said it.
3: No. It must he, be true. He, you have a, let me say, again say this out loud because I know we have to get to a break. You have a Republican governor with a Republican supermajority when presented with what everybody knows is going to be for many people catastrophic in terms of taxation, which is supposed to be in the wheelhouse of the Republican Party. They're supposed to be. The party of low taxes, when presented with an opportunity to be a superstar. Not looking out for us, is he? What does he tell you? I'm very concerned about revenue to the government. Mm -hmm. And again, not a single person in the Indiana General Assembly will say a single solitary word about this because they are totally petrified of this guy. This is why I've almost exclusively given up voting for these people in a general election because they give me zero reason to time and time and time and time and time again.
1: You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Good Monday morning. It's After 9 with Kenil and Casey on 93 WIBC taking a look at some of the trending stories. Well, Black Friday, $9.12 billion was spent online shopping during Black Friday. Today, of course, Cyber Monday, and expectations are will be one of the biggest online shopping days ever with uh, an expectation of $11.2 billion being spent today.
3: Serious question. Yes. How does a brick-and-mortar store, for the most part, even survive yeah, in the modern open. society.
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, so my daughter recently started a new job up in Lafayette and she said Yeah, that you said they, she
3: got hit on by a local townie yesterday. She,
1: she did. But they." she said that they were 10 people deep uh, all day on Friday. Yeah. And uh, I've read a lot of articles where Gen Z is missing the chaos of Black Friday and they actually want to be in the store Interesting. touching and feeling the item, looking at it, holding it, rather than just seeing a picture online. Yeah. So I think maybe there is a shift of people wanting to be back out in person.
3: I was very surprised though. I went out Friday and this was, uh, it was at like, I don't know, maybe around 11 Mm -hmm. a.m. Because I realized my dog was out of dog food. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure everybody hearing my voice has pondered this if you have an animal at some point. On the day after Thanksgiving, or at some point after Thanksgiving, if you're running low on food for your pet there's a moment where you look at the extra turkey still in the fridge and say, does that make me a bad dog owner? Or really good. If I just give this dog turkey in lieu of not wanting to go out on Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> that
1: turkey's expensive.
3: Well, it wasn't mine, so it'd been given to me by someone else. Uh, but I was surprised at how few people, it did not seem like there were nearly as many people as normal, although again, I did wait a while, mm-hmm. but it. I didn't even hear a lot of like, usually you know, there was a time where it was, there are 7,000 deals at your local whatever. Right, lying I didn't, around
1: the store, I people didn't hear, waiting to get in. I
3: didn't hear hardly any of that.
1: I haven't heard anything about door busters, you know? It oh, used to yeah. Be people would wait in line, they'd get up at the crack of dawn when it was still dark and then go wait in line for the door busters. I haven't heard a lot of door busters, a lot of deals.
3: Yeah. You know who strikes me as the sort of guy who would sleep for like nine hours out in a parking lot to get a discount on a game or something is Kevin. You think so? Kevin totally has that written all over him. Like, he. 30 degrees outside, a tent or something of that nature. You strike me as that sort of person.
1: Waiting in line at, yeah. for Black Friday? Yeah, I did that in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some I sort never, of I game, never,
3: gaming device or something?
1: Well, I never waited in line, but yeah, I remember getting a Xbox 360. Yeah. You remember you used, used
3: to see the lines mm-hmm. of people, it is uh, 7 p.m. and the store won't even open for another 12 hours, and these people are, uh, you know freezing their behind off. Yeah, there'd be like tents outside. Yeah, y-
1: y- It used to be a big deal on Thanksgiving. You get the newspaper with all of the flyers in it, yes. and then you'd, you know, make your plan. Yeah. Where uh-huh. are we going to go? What stores are we going to hit? Not so much. And And it was when you saw other people showing up to the store who had showered, mm-hmm. you knew it was time to go <laughs> back home. If you're still in your jammies and other people are showing up with makeup on, time to go home. Also trending is J-Lo. We mentioned uh, last week that she had blacked out all of her social media in lieu of a possible announcement. And yes, it did happen. She has a new album coming out called This Is Me Now. And finally trending this morning, Monday Night Football will be here in town. The Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: I am so excited that on national TV I will be able to see the stadium that I I am... Forced to pay for uh, through <laughs> massive tax increases. I would like to thank everyone who has made that possible, and uh, should be a great time tonight.
1: All right, it is 24 minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And can we just really quickly get to this uh, Joe Biden story? This latest poll. Uh, who is this from? Oh, this is from Politico. They did this survey. Only a quarter of Americans believe that he should run for office in 24. I know you're completely shocked by this, aren't you? They. <laughs> were asked this question. Do you believe Joe Biden should run for president in the 24 election and mostly they said no.
3: 60 what was it 65% said no, 28% said yes. So this comes back to again the conversation that we have and we'll have it later on in the show because it always gets people fired up. How is it that you can have a president who is so wildly unpopular, Mm -hmm. yet by historical standards did not do that bad in the midterm? And the answer is people are looking, I think, for something different, but they are not looking for right now what the Republican Party has offered them, and I mean that on two fronts. One, number one, and probably most important, there was no collective vision from the Republicans. There was no, if you're voting in Pennsylvania or Colorado or Arizona or or Nevada, there was no unifying theme of we will do A, B, and C that will make your life better if you vote Republican. There was none of that. There was no contract with America. There was no repeal and replace Obamacare. There was no unifying national message the candidates could hitch their wagon to. But the second thing is... People do not like Donald Trump, Mm. period, right? I mean, this should be as eye-opening as possible. You have a president in which 65% of the people are saying, no, we don't want you to run, and yet, while, yes, they technically lost the House of Representatives, they are going to, at best, break even in the Senate, and that is because as much as Biden is disliked, And this blows my mind because I cannot imagine how Twitter could be that harmful to anyone. People like Donald Trump and Donald Trump-affiliated people even less. If the Republicans dominate Ron DeSantis, we'll get into this here in a little bit about now uh, Newsom saying he's not going to run. If Mm -hmm. it's Biden and DeSantis, you could have... Reagan circa 1984 on our hands or something very similar to it. People loathe Biden, but they are not willing to throw him or people affiliated with him out Mm -hmm. because they loathe Trump even more.
1: Mm -hmm. So this Politico survey coincides with an an Economist and a YouGov survey, which also found just 22% of Americans overall said Biden shouldn't run again. And you mentioned agenda. Trump has announced what he is calling the National Greatness Agenda. Nobody's listening. And he says because... our our country can be greater than it's ever been. Casey, so,
3: yes. Casey, I know you have been happily taken for a long time, so you do not have this problem. Kevin is a rock and roll star, so uh, he has likely had nothing but success in his interpersonal relationships with members of the opposite sex. But I will say there are many people out there who will recognize that in a relationship, mm-hmm. and I know Kurt Darling, who's about to get married, will never go through this because he is going to be a phenomenal husband. <laughs> but there are, there are in, in dating or marriage or whatever, you see relationships end, and there is a point in that relationship that no matter what the person offers in return to attempt to save the relationship, it's whether it's six enough. years or six weeks or whatever, the other person has tuned you out. Like it, You could have the greatest idea. You could be the most reformed person in the world. It, it, it doesn't matter because people aren't listening to that person anymore. And that is where Trump is. He could have the greatest agenda ever. No one's listening anymore. They
1: have uh, tuned it out. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Kurt Darling, we're going to get the headlines from him next on
0: 93 WIBC.
1: Newsom says that he's not going to run for president in 24. He will not challenge President Biden. He said, I've told everyone in the White House, from the chief of staff to the first lady, adding that he enthusiastically supports Biden running uh, again and uh, that Biden could beat Donald Trump again.
3: Isn't this interesting? And I, I, These I looked, two guys. So nothing's over until, you know, just steal a line from Animal House. Nothing's over until we decide it is. Right. But I, I certainly stand before you today, at least if you take him at his word, that he's not running, that being totally wrong on this, because to me, he was the guy ahead of the midterms mm-hmm. that you looked at and said, clearly, this is the guy straight out of central casting mm-hmm. in terms of looks he is a governor of the largest most democrat state in the union he is a total lunatic leftist which fits with the base of the democrat party who will vote in the primary he has all the makings of the guy who will be the nominee but it appears at least for now Mm -hmm. that and this is this is amazing how low the bar is set in politics like if you look at what happened with the colts this year okay the Colts were a bad team under Frank Reich. They were not a terrible team. I'm a Bears fan. I will show you terrible football played every Sunday. <laughs> you know, the Jaguars, terrible. The, the Titans, or the the Texans, terrible. Like, there are a lot of terrible teams. The Colts were a mediocre team, kind of, maybe, sort of, on the verge of maybe, maybe not being a playoff team. I'm talking about before the owner got involved with this super squirrely demand that they bench Matt Ryan, etc. And Frank Wright got fired, right, because... In most of the world, the majority of the world, underachieving does not get you stay as long as you want. It's true in business. It's true in sports. It's true in wherever. But in politics, so the Democrats lost the House, right? Mm-hmm. They are. It's likely going to be two, 222 for the Republicans. They picked up a, several seats. But because we didn't lose well, as much as we thought we were going to lose, right. we're going to go with the 80-year-old guy who is – Getting more creepy by the day We'll mm-hmm. get to that in a few minutes mm-hmm. Doesn't know where he's at A bunch of the time Says nonsensical things And words don't go together We're rolling with that. I mean, it appears right now, unless there is some master plan in place that is yet to be revealed, that they are rolling with an 82-year-old Joe Biden Mm -hmm. as the nominee in Mm -hmm. 2024.
1: Yeah. And I think also part of the problem has to do with Newsom's own track record. I mean, he is the governor of a state which is the poster child for everything that is wrong with Blue America.
3: Yeah. I, now, there are a lot of people who have a theory that he has told uh, Newsom Kamala is going to be out, or at least Klain or someone has told. I don't know mm-hmm. if Biden knows who his vice president is, but they have t- said is out and you're going to be in and then you'll be the de facto face of the party, whether Biden loses or wins or what. I don't, who knows? But regardless, I am, even by Democrat standards, I am floored. That with, uh, And we have seen the poll come out. We just did the poll last segment Mm -hmm. about how 65% of Americans do not want this guy to run. And if the Republicans nominate anyone, and I mean basically anyone other than Donald Trump, they will probably (laughs) win against this guy.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: They are going to roll out with this guy, it appears.
1: Well, Gavin Newsom's state is losing population. People are literally fleeing California to go to Texas and Florida and Utah and Idaho. And it would have anything to do with the rising rate of crime or the homelessness or just his overall governance, you think, but.
3: Isn't it interesting how, and I was thinking about this, I guess it was over the weekend, results don't matter anymore, (laughs) right? Like there used to be a time where people defaulted to a political party or an ideology, but if the results weren't there, then they would pivot to something else, right? Like the same country that elected Jimmy Carter was willing to immediately pivot four years later and elect Ronald Reagan because the results weren't there. And now I think we are seeing a country that is so politically polarized clearly based on the election of a John Fetterman in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and the fact that the Democrats feel rolling with Biden is their best option or the fact that if it's not Biden, then Gavin Newsom is one B in the equation. Results are not a thing for people anymore. We are so tribalized. Mm -hmm. And thanks to gerrymandering either by congressional, drawn congressional districts or people gerrymandering by default with movement to states that represent their ideology –
1: Results really don't matter anymore. People are just wed to their ideology. Okay, so let's talk about Joe Biden being creepy again, taking selfies with kids. (laughs) So he was in Nantucket. He was doing a little small business Saturday shopping, walking down the street. And some young girls who were in a store in the Lemon Press juice shop uh, were, you know, kind of hooting and hollering. Oh, there's the president. There's the president. And what did he do? Well, he stopped his parade of people, walked over, and posed for some selfies with them.
3: But he did it through a window. (laughs) And I I get it. So it's this thing of like, you are who you are, and who you are decides what you can do. Like, we see this all the time where it's like, if so-and-so did it, it'd be fine. And if so-and-so did it, it's not fine. And maybe that's not right, but that is the way it is. And if you're Joe Biden, and you are continuously by many in the public perceived as a creepy old man who has inappropriate reactions or interactions, I'm sorry, with women and young children. Mm -hmm. What the public, many in the public perceive as inappropriate interactions, whether it's the hair sniffing or the touching or whatever, the idea that you would, and it's a total lack of self-awareness, which we all know Biden is probably not aware where he's at, much less having any sort of self-awareness. But that you would, as the President of the United States, stop your parade of people and go over to a window mm-hmm. and begin peering through the window at the children. The actual video of it itself is not so horrific, but the still mm-hmm. image Yes Is
1: awful mm-hmm. it Just doesn't look good Doesn't look good. And he needs to distance himself from situations like that. Some people say he looked like a peeping Tom, which (laughs) he did. And luckily for those girls, there was glass between them or, you know, he would have been sniffing up on them. Well, and
3: so this is the thing. Like, let's say it's the rock, right? If you see the rock walking down the street and you're shouting for the rock and he comes over and does it, you know, the rock's going to have a big old grin on his face and the rocks, you know, happy go lucky. And you would see that and go, ah, that's cool. That's what I'm talking about. Like it's the, it's, not even necessarily the thing, mm-hmm. it's the person and the track record of the person doing it. And the a good looking rock smiling into a window with a bunch of kids, nobody thinks a thing about it. And they go, oh, that lovable, wacky rock, he's just the best. Mm-hmm. And he made those kids' day. But when it is a confused, elderly man, mm-hmm. With a distant deer-in-the-headlights look in his face. And a
1: history of doing creepy things. It
3: doesn't play well.
1: Yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about Ted Cruz really quick. He said that Republicans should focus on President Biden, not his son Hunter, uh, during this investigation, saying that the president is the godfather.
3: Did you know Ted Cruz has like a weekly podcast that he does?
1: Yes. um, It's called Verdict with Ted Cruz. I had
3: no idea this was a thing.
1: Like, I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm
3: scouring the internet, you Mm -hmm. know, looking for different things for the show each day. And I, you know, see there's a link to Ted Cruz says. And so I said, okay, I'm going to click this. I'm interested in this. And I click it and it takes me to this podcast where it's like, he's got a hired gun up there that's like doing a talk show with him mm-hmm. and asking questions I'm sure they're all pre you know pre- put together and it's kind of interesting it's like this it was like 50 minutes so I had to like listen to part of it in order to find the clip that I wanted <laughs>
1: you did you earned your paycheck you I, had to go through the whole thing you
3: just I, did, I maybe a lot of politicians do this I don't I don't know but I thought this was very interesting for someone of his. Magnitude. I actually have respect for this, even though I'm sure it's pre-planned or whatever. But because so many politicians are uh, of his magnitude, petrified about, oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing, and it's going to this, and it's going to that, and blah blah. He doesn't care. I mean, he just goes off in this on this uh, video podcast, which Mm -hmm. is available on YouTube. And yes, here he is uh, saying that uh,
2: this this investigation should be about Joe Biden selling influence. Because the focus needs to be on Joe Biden. This is not about Hunter Biden any more than if you're going after the mafia and you catch some low-level enforcer. Or you're going after a drug cartel and you catch some mule who swallowed balloons full of heroin. It's not about the poor schlub who got caught. Yeah. It's about the boss. It's about the big guy. It's about the godfather. Joe Biden is the godfather. He is the one who ultimately is profiting on this corruption. He is the one who is abusing official authority to further the criminal activity of his family members. And that's why this is an issue of public corruption. So DOJ, going back again to the politicization of DOJ, they desperately want to keep this on. Oh, look, Hunter Biden has a drug problem. You know what? we wouldn't be talking about it if it was just one deeply troubled soul. The reason we should talk about it, and the reason why the corporate media and the Democrats desperately don't want to talk about it, is there is now growing evidence of corruption from Joe Biden himself when he was vice president of the United States and now when he's president of the United States, personally enriching himself, enriching his family by selling official favors to enemies, hostile foreign governments. That is an issue of highest importance, and the Democrats and the media desperately want to cover it
1: up. So he's saying this isn't about Hunter's drug problem. This is about Joe Biden. Peddling influence, of course, the White House already claiming that these are long debunked conspiracy theories. So they're already on the defense before anything has even begun.
3: You know, when I hear a clip like that, that, when I was a kid, Casey, there was a cartoon called Captain Planet, and mm-hmm. it was like environmental. I realize now as a child I was likely being indoctrinated to radical left green (laughs) policies but the premise was there were all these like do-gooders who Mm -hmm. were trying to save fight fight evil villains who were polluting the planet and when they couldn't get the job done they put all their rings together and they could form a guy called Captain Planet who Mm -hmm. was a superhero. I, I listened to that clip of Ted Cruz and it's like Ted Cruz is a couple of the good worker bees on Captain Planet and it's he's just comes off as so smarmy sometimes that I wish he didn't because if he didn't, no one articulate... What I'm trying to say is no one articulates Mm -hmm. a message like Ted Cruz. Yeah. And he's short of being Captain Planet because he can't get out of his own way sometimes. But wow, you listen to that and say there's only about seven people in the Republican Party who could articulate the truth, the reality, the way Ted Cruz does. Yeah,
1: I've always said I would never debate Ted Cruz because he would clean, clean up.
3: But then he's the guy who's going to some warm... Location right. while the city is or the state is frozen over.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's Kennel and Casey on 93 W I B C. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Briggs has been with Star for over seven years now, but on Sunday, he announced he's retiring from the newspaper.
3: And no one knows where he's going or what he's doing, and I will say this before we get into this segment, I disagree on probably about 95% of the stuff Briggs says, his political views, whatever. Mm -hmm. But he did write something in his final column that I thought was super interesting. So I guess it was Sunday was his final column, and... Um, I, I thought this was excellent because it really hits on what's going on with in this country with our leaders. And I think in particular, our most recent election. Mm-hmm. So can I just read a little mm-hmm. bit of this to you? All right. So he says, as Annie Duke writes in her recent book, Quit, the hardest thing to let go of is your identity. I see that all the time from my vantage point. That's why politicians sacrifice principles to win elections. Why partisans suppress their sense of right and wrong to support the team. Why business leaders persist down doom paths even as the universe shouts that it's over. Our identities, our tribes, guide us to irrational places. Well, that, and also our our egos. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so spot on because how many times on this show have we said, these people cling to grim to politic political office like Grim Death, who's still a Seinfeld reference, mm-hmm. because it's all they know. Mm-hmm. Like, why does Todd Rokita go, I would be the best Secretary of State? No wait, I would be the best congressman. No wait, I would be the best US senator. No wait, I would be the best attorney general. Because one, a guy like Rokita is not capable of doing much else. But two He has no sense of identity that isn't in I'm a decision maker and people need to tell me how important I am. I'm picking on Rokita because he deserves to be picked on, but there are, just fill in your favorite whatever. Mm -hmm. This is why these people sometimes spend tens of millions of dollars of their own fortune to acquire or retain the office because one, they like the power, they get off on the power, but two, it's all they know. It's really pathetic And we talked about this for years. It is absolutely pathetic. Like when I was done with public office and I left by choice instead of by force, I couldn't wait to be done because I said, I've done this to the best of my ability. I have great results from this and I'm ready to go back to doing something that actually makes me happy because if you do politics or government right, it should make you absolutely miserable because you're (laughs) continually fighting against corrupt forces to do right for the people. Mm -hmm. These politicians don't do that. The voters, Casey, were exactly the same way in Indiana this past year. How is it, a? we live in a world where both Diego Morales and Ryan Mears can not only win, Mm -hmm. but win overwhelmingly. It's exactly what he talked about. Partisans suppress their sense of right and wrong Mm -hmm. to support the team. Mm -hmm. With, With Diego and Ryan Mears, we saw the same thing. These guys couldn't run... I get in trouble if I say Wendy's. I get in trouble if I say Arby's. They couldn't run a long John
1: Silver's if their life depended on it. And yet we put them in these incredible positions of importance. Well, he says that's why politicians sacrifice principles to win elections. A lot of times they have promised so many people so much stuff along the way that when they finally get in the job, the top job that they've been working for years to get... They owe everybody everything.
3: I will never forget this. I had a conversation when I was in elected office, and I'll never forget this, sitting with a guy about a very important topic who he absolutely knew what the right thing to do was, and he told me he knew what the right thing to do was, and I just looked at him and I said, well, why aren't you doing it? And he looked at me and he said, because I need to be liked in this community. Mm. And the right thing to do was going to anger a bunch of people, even Mm -hmm. though it was overwhelmingly easily the right thing to do. And I, I will never forget that because that was the most foreign thing to me. You're here to be liked. right? And that was just such an, and it is true with so many of these people. It's why we don't get big ideas. It's why we don't get big results. It's why we continue to see a government that is cavalcading into a level of awfulness many of us never imagined because these People need to be in the office and we need to feel good about what we do. So we excuse them being horrific and awful in the job they need to be in.
1: He also went on to say the untended graves offer freedom to focus on family, faith, and personal growth over fears of missing out. And people fear change. And let me tell you, change leads to some of the biggest growth. It's Kennedy Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.